this week, Samsung unpacks again with products. Apple breaks records again in its earnings. And yes, CES returns in Las Vegas. Woohoo! Those are some of the tech news stories from this week. It's Friday, April 30th. Wow, April went by quick. 2021. <laughs> yeah, my name is Kirk Corliss. And I'm Scott Ertz. And this is episode 88 of the GNC Week in Review podcast, proud partner of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Ooh, excuse me. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode. We are streaming live on gncweekly.com slash live. So please be sure to say hello and chat or comment. Also, be sure to like and subscribe to the GNC WIR channel on YouTube. If you missed the live video, that's okay. You can always catch the replay later. If you are a new listener, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast where you can find on the right-hand side column at gncweekly.com, be it Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. If you have a comment, be it on social media or email, and those links can be found at gncweekly.com forward slash connect. So a lot of news this week, um, and we're going to discuss, get dissecting a lot of it. Um, and we're going to jump right in with the uh, top story this week. Um, Andrew Palmer, who is a staff writer for geeknewshunt.com, reported on Wednesday, Samsung had its Samsung Unpacked event where they unveiled its vision for its future of PCs, a range of high-spec ultrabooks with the characteristics of smartphones, mobility, connectivity, and con- 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 <laughs> continuity. <laughs> um, I think continuity is the continu- word you're looking for. There, continuity. Buddy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Tongue twister. Um, all right. So they uh, Samsung announced two high-end Galaxy books with a thickness of a smartphone and the power of a PC. The Samsung Galaxy Book Pro and the Samsung Galaxy Galaxy Book Pro 360. Uh, he's saying that the laptops are amazingly thin. The Book Pro is 11.2 millimeters, and the Pro 360 is 11.5 millimeters. It's available in two screen sizes, 13 inches by thir- uh, 13.3 inches and 15.6 inches, and three colors. Um, he's saying the the Book Pro the Book Pro is a standard clamshell laptop. The Book Pro 360 is a convertible with the screen folding all the way back into a tablet. Um, he mentioned about the display. It's a touchscreen AMOLED display with S Pen support. The Galaxy Books come with dual array mics and intelligent noise canceling. Uh, he's saying, disappointingly, the camera is only 720p, 5G's built in, um, and though it seems to only be available on the smaller 13-inch models. Inside the Galaxy Book um, is a 11th gen, 11th gen Intel, Intel Core processor, i3, i5, or i7 with an Iris X GPO on the higher end CPUs. Um, it's cut powered by a slim custom battery giving 20 hours of video playback or around 16 hours of standard use. The 65 watt charger is made from recycled materials, will give eight hours eight hours of power in 30 minutes. Port wise, the, uh, he says the book is up to date with USB-C and Thunderbolt, uh, Thunderbolt four. So there's uh, a couple of there's a couple of interesting things here, right? Mm-hmm. So the first one is that um, this is a big introduction for for the new GPUs. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been other products with them, but not really. Um, the the Iris X GPU is Intel's 
attempt to make their integrated graphics not be the laughing stock of the industry, right? Because for so long, you see, oh, Intel integrated graphics. Like, all right, so this is going to be a garbage computer. Got it. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) But but that's not the case anymore. These Iris X GPUs are actually pretty impressive. Um, You know, Avram talked about it. Um, got a couple of months ago now when they when they started uh, talking about getting back into the space. So that's really exciting to see. Um, however, it is disappointing that the camera is so poor, especially right now, considering how many people are using, especially with the Galaxy Book Pros, because I, I do want to correct the beginning of this a little bit. They announced two Galaxy Book Pros, and two more non-pros. Um, right. The pros are are targeted at at business people, and a webcam on a laptop is more important today than ever. So for mm-hmm. them to have screwed that up so badly uh, is a huge disappointment. Yeah, well, I have a Dell XPS 13 that we're recording on now with live right now. If you guys are watching live and if you're listening on audio, you can catch the replay. Replay the the camera's not. Too too bad. It's a little it's a little grainy. It's impressive uh, low light though. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie about that mm-hmm. um, because obviously you don't have studio lights on you, and right. although there is a sepia tone to to what's going on, it's mm-hmm. not everything's clear, which is impressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, no the the camera on that's not bad, mm-hmm. but it's also not a brand new coming out soon laptop right and next <laughs> and the xps 13 and the xps products uh their, their laptops have been as far as the webcams over the year from what i understood and read and done research and also you know plugged to you know tom's guide <laughs> as well um they've been saying that the 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 webcam has been really bad it's been like what we'll call one of the laptops or xps's from a couple of years ago like it's a nose cam where the nostril, no- <laughs> nostril cam nostril cam right <laughs> but you know for the most part it's been it's been fine so and i you know i have no problems with it but also these- luckily luckily when when my company issued me a laptop i i have an xps 13 mm-hmm. and uh mine has a proper webcam though my former business partner, Mark, was issued a nostril cam, and I make fun of him for it all the time. <laughs> First thing he did was he got a, a 920 to put on top. He's like, I'm not playing this game. I'll go mm. spend the 50 bucks of my own money and get a Logitech C920. I'm not mm. dealing with his nostril cam. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will hopefully order a cam, um, webcam, or not a camera from mm-hmm. Kickstarter. So hopefully we get it coming. That'll be coming um, soon. Also he's reporting that um, these, these uh, galaxy pro galaxy book pros are not going to be cheap. Um, they're starting no. at $999 for the pro and le- $1,199 for the pro 360. Um, they're open. Their pre-orders open or pre-orders open now with um, delivery um, this month or this coming month in uh, mid May. And you know, in reality, for a laptop with with you know an eleventh gen core processor and the higher end uh, Iris GPU, nine ninety nine is not bad for a business mm-hmm. laptop. A grand is not a bad price. I mean, no. it's far less than than you know the one that I use. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's also not the third 
computer. And the one that I'm so glad that GNC talked about this because nobody talked about the Galaxy Book. Everybody talked about the two pros. Mm-hmm. About half of the outlets talked about the Odyssey. Nobody talked about the Galaxy Book, which yep. is impressive mm-hmm. um, because it's five forty nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and he got the scoop, uh, and, and good. He's uh, he li- he resides in London, and he goes to a lot of the um, press the, the the press announcements. Um, he goes to, I think, I don't know if he went to, I think he reported it. I don't know if he went to the actual event. They may have had it online, but he was the first one to report, report it. Um, and he goes to different, um, like different other, um, what's the other conference, that, um, overseas in, um, mobile world, mobile world Congress. He goes to that. Um, I know he goes to other, um, events and I think he, I think he's was stopped because well, the, with the pandemic, I sure. think a lot of the events closed down, but for the most part, he's been reporting a lot of, a lot of stuff that's been going on, you know, but from Samsung and various other companies. So, I mean, Andrew, you're good on you. Yes. Thank <laughs> you, right. Andrew, because good seriously, because mm-hmm. seriously, even, even a lot of the big publications, because I watched the, the presser and mm-hmm. That my takeaway was the Galaxy Book, the fact that there was going to be a 549 Samsung laptop available targeted at consumers. Mm-hmm. That was my big takeaway, and mm-hmm. nobody talked about it, mm-hmm. which I was shocked by. Yeah. And I mean, yes, it's got a it's got a you know a a step-down processor. It doesn't have the Iris X GPU, but right. it's 549. And mm-hmm. anybody who's ever owned a Samsung product, save for Avram and his washing machine that exploded, um, <laughs> can attest, but you know, particularly this division of Samsung, right? Right. With, with phones and computers and technology, um, the, the products are nearly indestructible. They're mm-hmm. really high quality well-made products so you know a 549 dollar laptop from samsung yep i think it's going to be super attractive and then mm-hmm. they've also got the odyssey which right, right. super niche which mm-hmm. is okay um but it's uh it's a mid-range gaming laptop it's the rtx 3050 ti which isn't right you know it's not world shattering but it's mm-hmm. way better than something in the 2000s um, right. because this generation upped the power in a way that we've, I don't think we've ever seen before in GPUs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, for 1399, again, yep. you've got a mid range gaming laptop from Samsung. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard to, hard to compete with that. I mean, yes, it's again, it's the 3050 TI. It's not going to be, um, the, it's not the a game alien, yeah, it's not the alienware that, that Avram showed off on our show a couple of weeks ago, right? But which is uh currently the fastest test gaming laptop on the market. But mm-hmm. not everybody needs the top of the top. This would be a great editing machine for mobile content creators. Mm-hmm. And at 1399, again for a Samsung quality laptop, this is this is attractive. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll definitely see what happens. And again, if uh, there's a, uh, we'll have a link up in the show notes on the full information on Andrew's um, takeaways, and um, it, we'll have a link up in the show notes so you can check out. Again, kudos on Andrew on that uh, get report that. 
All right. Other news this week. Uh, this week is earnings week uh, from Google, which we'll dive in a little bit later. From Amazon. everybody. Everybody. <laughs> oh, everybody. my goodness. <laughs> seems, like, like... <laughs> seems like my phone has been going off with push notifications all week. <laughs> Intel's about to do their earnings call. Amazon's doing their earnings call. Google's doing their earnings call. It's like, shh. I, I got it. I got it. I understand. Yeah. These are all companies that I follow their stock price. But shh. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I got them, too. So it was a pain in the butt. <laughs> But one of them I'm gonna we're gonna highlight was Apple. Um, Apple reported eighty nine point six billion dollars. That's what it be in revenue for the second for uh, second fiscal quarter of 2021. This was a huge Wall Street bet, attributed in large part to strong growth in iPhone wearables and services. This represents a year-on-year growth of 54% from Q2 2020, when Apple reported $58.3 billion at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. Net profit rose a gargantuan 110% to hit $23.6 billion, so they're not hurting. Um, Apple CEO Tim Cook says... They will be when the chip shortage starts (laughs) to kick them. Right. (laughs) Apple CEO Tim Cook says, quote, this quarter for Apple wouldn't have been possible without the tireless and innovative work of every Apple team member worldwide. We are gratified by the enthusiastic customer response to the unmatched line of cutting-edge products that we delivered across a historic holiday season. We're also focused on how we can help the communities where we were part of build it, build back strongly. Did he still have from Joe Biden? <laughs> strongly and equitably through efforts like our racial racial equity and justice initiative, as well as our multi-year commitment to invest $350 billion throughout the United States. The gross margin for the quarter reached 42.5% and is up from the year ago quarter, which was 38.4%. Operating expenses for the period were $10.6 billion above Q2 2020's $9.5 billion. Diluted earnings per share reported at $1.40. Revenue from iPad is $7.8, up from $4.4 billion over a year, one year ago. $7.8 $7.8 billion, not billion. $1.80. They're not $7.80. Sorry. An important distinction. <laughs> right. And that was why when I was typing this up, <laughs> when I was typing it up, I was typing all my fault. My bad. $7.8 billion, up from $4.4 billion over a year ago. Mac revenue of $9.1 billion is up from Q2 2020's $5.4 billion. And wearables, home, and accessories up $7.8 from $6.3 billion this time last year. So impressive numbers, and something tells me, and we'll get dive into and dissect a little bit later on <laughs> about other product with the uh, air pot, the uh, air ta- uh, crack tags. Air tags. Thank you. Why my brain is so fried today? I'm, um, <laughs> I'm fascinated, but not entirely surprised that wearables, home, and accessories is. I mean, comparably, obviously, it's not flat, but comparably, right. it's. If you look at the overall up, that mm-hmm. division is theoretically down um, compared to the rest of the company, which is fascinating because they only went up. What's that? Le- uh, less than less than a sixth, whereas everybody else is up five point four to nine point one. Mm-hmm. Almost, you know, what's that? 43 percent or something like that. Four point four to seven point eight. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, an almost almost double, and they're they're up six point three to seven point eight. That's that's you know comparatively down. That's impressive. 
Yeah, that's that impressive that people are. They had to do a huge write off on the the big series speaker, though. So that might be where some of that uh, profit went. And that would fall under the, that would be the HomePod, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because they had to do a big write off on those because turned out they couldn't give those stupid things away. <laughs> and that's what I'm kind of curious too. Like, I know, I can see Mac people buying a lot of Macs and obviously with the new chips. Exactly with M, yeah. right with M1. This is but, the first. This is the first time in a long time that Apple computer users have had a reason to upgrade. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's there's been nothing special in the Mac ecosystem in right. a decade or more. Mm-hmm. This is the first real like change and the first real reason for people to go out and buy. So it makes sense. Um, iPad. They made the iPad Pro a serious product instead right. of a toy product. They, mm-hmm. you know, the older version was interesting, but it wasn't a game changer. They really, they really leaned into it this time. So that one makes sense. Well, excuse, um, and also, also uh, excuse the uh, the, <laughs> the clip on uh, Steve of uh, uh, Tim Cook uh, deciding to play Mission Impossible. <laughs> that'll affect, that, that'll <laughs> affect next quarter, though, not this quarter. Right. I just those surprised. aren't out yet. Yeah, and I'm just again, I'm just surprised that if people were really buying that are buying wearables when. A lot of people aren't real. I guess now, I guess things with a lot of the restrictions have been lifted a little more and more. Accessories is where that came in. Right. That's what I'm. If they were going to break that division up, Mm -hmm. uh, the numbers up, accessories is where all the sales were this time. Yeah. I I bet laptop cases, headphones, um, things like that. That's where all the business was. It, it It wasn't in Apple Watches. And it right. sure as hell wasn't in Siri speakers. Right. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah, that's what I was exactly what I was thinking. I because I don't think those headphones, there is no way on this godforsaken earth. And we know we, we talked about that and goofed on how it looks. Oh, the eight thousand dollar <laughs> headphones. Right. Uh. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I'm just like, but even still, you know, even still impressive numbers. All right, uh, Jen Thorpe, who is also a staff writer for GeekNewsCentral.com, uh, pretty much every tech news outlet reported this. And I was when I got this news, I mean, I, you know, it's already been posted, and it's been posted on every website. Todd got the email, you got the email, mm-hmm. um, everybody in this and their mother got this email. <laughs> but it was reported that um, the Consumer Technology Association, or or CTA. Um, now, CES 2022 will return to Las Vegas next year, and I'm a happy puppy. <laughs> so, so kind of, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be a hybrid. Right. Um, but at least a thousand companies have already committed to in-person exhibiting. Now, mm-hmm. that's not impressive. No, no. <laughs> Considering we're used to 4,800. Right. And we have built a whole new building because the number keeps going up. So mm-hmm. it's not great, <laughs> but right. a thousand companies committing to exhibit in person is a good start. We're definitely right. on our way and we're, mm-hmm. you know, we're eight months out from right. it still. And we've already got a thousand committed companies. However, 
Mm-hmm. We still will be doing a hybrid show. There's still going to be some companies that will exhibit entire virtual, entirely virtually. There will right. still be some attendees that will be entirely virtual. Mm-hmm. So I've already been working through in my head what a show looks like to deal with both in-person and virtual interviews. It's not great, but right. I, <laughs> I, I've started dealing with it. Mm. Um, yeah, it I, it's gonna be it's gonna be weird, but also yeah. in the same token, I again when they were showing the see again I I'm pimping ourselves for TPM because we did a kickass show uh-huh. we did a we did a kickass show we and, knew how to do it better than anybody nobody else under nobody else figured out how to cover CES this past year none mm-hmm. of the news outlets knew how to cover it nope um but our format literally didn't change. No. We were just sitting in our own studios instead of on the tower. Right. We've been doing the right thing for more than a decade. Yep. What yep. was this? Year 13, I think. At We haven't changed what we do. It right. works, and we were the only ones who figured it out. Yep. I, now, I, I will say that I knew about this before the announcement. Uh, okay. Because, you should have told me. <laughs> because I was one of the people who was contacted – um, about if we were to do in person, what would be required for you? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I talked to Bobby, who's one of our our reps at the CTA. Mm. I don't know, six or eight weeks ago, mm. um, and we were talking about. I I even got confirmation back then <laughs> that we're going to be on the correct tower. Like, <laughs> so I I knew about this, but okay. I wasn't allowed to really say anything until the okay. announcement came out. Good, but good. I've been I've been working through what this could possibly look like mm-hmm. uh, for our coverage this year, and I think I think I've got it figured out, and I'm pretty excited about it. Good, I, I am too. I'm looking forward to it. You know, especially I'll definitely yeah. be in. It will almost certainly mean that I'm driving, but mm-hmm. that's okay. Right. <laughs> so definitely, yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a good news. Good news, and like yeah. you also mentioned about the um, about the, the companies that over a thousand companies committed. Also. Um, Rika Park, uh, and for those who don't know, who don't know about Rika Park, who are new to this podcast, new to TP uh, Tech Podcast Network, that is where we live, right? And that is our home, right? <laughs> and I hope to hopefully, and I and I, I was going to say this now. I'm taking every precautions, including I'm <laughs> making sure I don't fall. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> From 2018 to my house. <laughs> where i broke a toe <laughs> so i'm making i'm taking every precaution to not fall i'm watch gonna every to, st- <laughs> gonna have to get you iron man legs right, <laughs> right exactly exactly so uh but w- with rika park basically it's like and i always tell people um that i know and if you ever watch shark tank and they're coming out with a product it could be any product for the home or the car or whatever and they're starting out with this product and they want to get investments investor or a shark to investment in their company in their business yeah and example we talked about this for many many years and i think we're gonna be talking about this even still now than ever is a guy by name by ronnie cabral and he invented the device called benji called benji lock and basically it's a it's a capacitive capacitive um uh not the it, right word. No, it's um, it's biometric. Biometric. Thank you. Okay, I keep. Why am I saying again? Well, because the screen biometric. is capacitive, um, capacitive. for like capacitive. 
for like the deadbolt and stuff. The screen is exactly. capacitive. But he right. started with with a biometric padlock, which mm -hmm. I know today everybody has tried to copy, and I have reviewed a number of them, and none mm -hmm. of them come close to what to what the Benji Lock product is mm -hmm. because. After we met him at Eureka Park, yep. he went on Shark Tank. Thank Mr. Wonderful mm. invested, brought mm -hmm. it to Hampton Products, which our audience will recognize uh, under the name of Brinks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Um, and so a, a lock company said, yes, we can bring technology in. Let's bring technology in. And, and Benji Lock now is in deadbolts and a bike lock. I was talking to a support person from, from Hampton today, and she said she just got one of the bike locks, and she absolutely loves it. <laughs> mm. So, I mean, it has expanded. And when I met him, he had a non-working prototype, and that's Eureka Park. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. And that's where a lot. And and also, I said, too, that, you know, a lot of a lot of the press don't go down. YouTube. I mean, there is press that goes down there, but yeah, but not many. But what we do as far as Tech Podcast Network with, our, with us, Plug Us Live, Geekman Central, The Gadget Professor, Tech Ranch, Talking Sounds um, is also on Tech, Tech Podcast Network as well. Currently, a friend of Tech Podcast Network, technically, enough, because he's not, he's not officially listed. That's true. That's right. I've been yeah. working on that, but he is not yeah. officially listed. I apologize, Chris. We'll work on that harder. Definitely. So he's a, <laughs> well, he's a friend of the show. <laughs> so basically, we go down and visit these companies, and they will show off, you know, what they have, and it's things I've seen, like from again, from I always say, from one end of spectrum to the other. There's various countries that are down there that show off their products, and they're ama they're amazing. And it's universities, incredible. right? Universities, and because uh, Case Western Reserve University is one of my my favorites, because um, mm -hmm. they've always got a contingency of interesting and strange products and services. <laughs> mm -hmm. The yeah. the fishing bobber that we had on the show a couple of years ago. That was mm -hmm. weird and wonderful. <laughs> um, uh, a license plate holder that had a backup camera built into it. And this was like seven years ago. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that that for that long ago, that was impressive. And that all came mm -hmm. from Case Western, I think. So, you know, I saw another, I think another college, um, I think it was a college, I believe. I can't remember what state it was that, that made whiskey. And I'm like, and he got, Todd got a bottle from them. <laughs> now this isn't Pico Brew, right? No, it's not Pico Brew. It's okay. no, no, different, different. It was down in Eureka Park. It was a different, it was a college, I think it was a college or something. I can't remember the exact name of it. I have to look and see. I have to go back and check because I had a, um, I love it. I think it was a college. I can't remember what state it was. I, I, I'll, I'll probably come to me later. That but makes they, it so much funnier. But they, yeah, they made they made their own made their own whiskey, and they gave them they gave them a bottle of it. I was like, I, I was like, I was going to ask for some, but I, I didn't. I, I digress. But, but anyway, yeah. So basically, Eureka Park is like the best time to go down to see these products, meet with them, and you know, we Get show in early. Mm -hmm. If you're definitely so definitely, I see t Scott. I made sure I went on my my Google calendar. I had that that week blocked off the entire week. 
I went on Hopper. It's an app and, where you can check the prices for flights. And your uh, your note on your on your event in your calendar says CES, please don't fall. <laughs> I'll, add that, I'll add that too. Add that too. That make sure that they add that too. So yes, yeah, so definitely. We'll just we'll. Um, there's a lot that's going to come up. I mean, obviously, it's way early right now, but little by little over the next few months, it's we'll, um... way early as far as <laughs> our audience is concerned. Right. It is only about two months away from when I start to panic. So. Right. Yeah. And, all, and also, and also the, all the, the emails that come, that comes in and, but, um, but we'll definitely, you know, when between right around the fall ish, you know, fall months, you know, we'll, um, we'll keep you guys surprised on what we're doing. Be live coverage. Um, you know, definitely we're going to have behind the scenes stuff. We'll have our live blog. Um, I'm definitely going to make sure that, um, put some post some videos for for up for gnc week and review also we'll coordinate we'll you know plug us live and get central so between all of us um we'll definitely have some a lot of great stuff coming out a lot of awesome content so make sure to subscribe to this to our subscribe to the podcast subscribe to um on youtube um gnc week and review so definitely um keep an eye on that in the next few months all right other news this week, and I mentioned about Google, about their earnings. Um, Google Parent Alphabet reported on Tuesday that it ranked in a total of $55.3 billion in revenue over the past three months. That's up 34% compared to this time last year. Um, Wall Street was expecting revenue growth of just around 25%. The company's net income dropped, jumped dramatically as well from $6.8 billion in Q1 2020 to 17 17.9 billion in this Ooh, year's quarter. That's almost triple. Mm-hmm. Stand yep. back, Apple. Right. <laughs> Apple, Google's coming, knocking on your door. Wow. Google's uh, Google CEO Sundar Pichai said in a statement, quote, over last year, people have turned to Google search and many online services to stay informed, connected, and entertained. We, we've continued our focus on delivering trusted services to help people around the world. Uh, ads run on YouTube accounted for six billion for six billion of Alphabet's total revenue pie. That's up about fifty. That's up about from about four billion dollars. Just as people were saying that to hunger down at home in earnest, Alphabet also reported a new high for Google's cloud business, which generated revenues of just over four billion dollars. Meanwhile, Alphabet's, quote, other bets category, which include businesses like Autonomous Driving Company, Waymo, and Verily, held held gained very slightly year over year. Those subsidiaries collectively pulled in around, pulled in about $60 million more than last year, but accompanying losses held more or more or less steady at $1.1 billion. Um, steady gains in Google services revenue, which come from the Play Store, Google, Google One and More, uh, along with heightened uh, success in its broader ad business. So Google is, uh, okay. is really doing really well. Um, for so it looks like one. it looks like revenue from uh, YouTube ads mm-hmm. was their biggest growth area because that had a like almost a 50% uh, revenue increase, which definitely beats the 34% um, for the overall company. Um, 
and for sure attributed to that nearly tripling in profit. Mm-hmm. No, that's net income. Sorry. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's still, oh, net income. Yeah. yeah that's still that I would say a lot of that came from YouTube. Mm-hmm. A lot of that jump came from YouTube because I mean, in the grand scheme of things, the cost of YouTube is almost free comparatively it's not like it's not like you know google cloud services where they're having to constantly develop new things and put you know a lot of money into r&d and things like that you know youtube kind of just runs at this point it's it is as close to a turnkey business as you can actually get online today Mm -hmm. (laughs) right so that's it's interesting, especially uh, when you see how many um, channels have been demonetized. Um, makes you wonder if they're still playing ads on those channels and keeping 100% of the revenue on it, which, well, wouldn't, speak- be, which wouldn't be great. But Well, well, speaking, well speaking of subscribers, I don't know if you noticed uh, the past um, couple of days, but we're doing pretty well. And thank you for those who are subscribing to the channel. So we really do appreciate it. It's definitely reach out to, you know, share the video, share, our, you know, share our videos um, of, of our podcast, um, you know, they help us grow. And we got up to, so far we're up to hundred, almost a hundred subscribers. So I'm, yeah. I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy. I'm really happy. It's that people are tuning in because there's other, there's other tech, um, tech news um, videos out there, weekly news. I know that there's a few, not all. I know there's a, there's several of them, but I think that, Again, I'm pimping my pimping ourselves, and I think we're you know we're dissecting what's going on, but also getting a lot of fun out of it as well. And yeah, you know, you know that's so. I still, you know, so I don't know. We're we're not monetized, so we're not <laughs> we're not close to that yet. We're not at thousands of subscribers yet. We're at ten like percent. Yeah, ten percent. But considering considering <clears throat> thanks to our thanks to our audience, mm-hmm. we've done that in like seven weeks. Right. That's that's pretty impressive, and we, yeah. we definitely appreciate that, and hopefully we'll continue down that path because at some Absolutely. point, um, it might uh, it it might help us out even more. So you yep. know, we appreciate yep. it. Absolutely, definitely, I definitely do appreciate it. All right, uh, next up, uh, this was really t- it's going to give a little chuckle. Um, Verizon is reportedly ready to give up on Yahoo and AOL. After spending a combined nine billion dollars on the once yeah. dominant internet brands that fell from prominence years before Verizon bought them, um, the Wall Street uh, re- the Wall Street Journal reported on Wednesday. <clears throat> excuse me. Quote: Verizon is exploring a sale of assets, including AOL, Yahoo and AOL, as the telecommunication giant looks to exit an, ex- an expensive and unsuccessful bet on digital media. Can you say? Duh. The <laughs> the sale process the sale process involves private equity firm Apollo Global Management and quote could lead a deal worth four billion to five billion dollars. This is also from the journal reporting this, citing quote people familiar with the matter. Um, now Ars Technica asked Verizon if it has a response to the Wall Street Journal report, and the spokesperson said uh, to the comp- told told Ars Technica quote has nothing to add. Um, now the the Wall Street Journal report is a little bit vague as as uh, from Ars Technica is reporting this. Um, the headline says that Verizon exploring the sales the sale of quote parts of Yahoo and AOL, but the story itself does not contain the quote parts of qualification. <laughs> the also the article also said yeah. that other details um, couldn't be learned. 
Um, Bloomberg, Bloomberg had an article about it on the potential sale. So that Verizon is considering selling its entire media division, including Yahoo and AOL, and did not contain any qualifications, suggesting that only, quote, part, parts of the units will be sold. Verizon is, quote, talking to Apollo, Apollo Global Management about a deal. This is from people from North Matter. Um, it could immediately, it could not be immediately be learned on how a deal will be structured or if other suitors may emerge. Um, Bloomberg is also saying no final decision made and Verizon could opt to keep the union. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, so, this is... so, um, I have some people on LinkedIn that are members of this division and, um, mm-hmm. uh, they were pretty sure that this was going to happen, not mm-hmm. because they have any internal knowledge, but because because of the fact that Verizon seems to be less interested in the <clears throat> oh, I apologize. Okay, seems to be less interested in the day to day operations mm-hmm. uh, today than they were six months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that makes sense. Um, while while we're seeing growth in our audience and, you know, uh, plug hits has seen huge growth in the last year on our audience. And, um, I, I know Todd has said that he's seen growth in the last year. Mm-hmm. TechCrunch and gadget HuffPo have all seen decreases in their audience. Right. So, um, I, I think the fact that, those publications in particular have um, kind of lost the plot on who they are mm-hmm. um, and gone off the ch- off the rails. Um, I wh- why is TechCrunch writing articles about the vaccine? Right, then mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. Um, I think people have started to abandon them, and as an online media brand once your audience leaves they do not come back Mm -hmm. once you've done something to drive them away there's no getting them to come back um i don't know well not to mention that when they bought when they were putting their all in with go 90 and look how that happened and they put they they had put investments in in the millions, not billions, uh, mind you, but millions. Like for one example, they had a show, um, I think I mentioned this before, called The Runner. It was a good show, um, but they um, that, that lasted not even – they were supposed to have a good – I think supposedly two seasons, I think it was. It only lasted for one, and they were supposed to get all this great content pulled in from different types of content uh, providers and – Maybe Roku will buy that part of the company too, like they yeah, did with well, Quibi. Yeah, right. I mean, it's a good. I mean, but they're going to probably sell for cheap. I don't think they spent. You know, they spent an obscene amount of money, billions of dollars for AOL, just for those yeah. two. Just for those two companies, they spent over nine billion, mm-hmm. and they're looking to offload for five. Mm-hmm. Can anybody say MySpace? Right. <laughs> right. I. It was a both parents were already dead and it's the reason why i keep calling it the the verizon nostalgia unit i refuse to call it oath because that was a stupid name Mm -hmm. and i don't want to call it the verizon media or whatever vzm uh, because it's the nostalgia unit right 
honest to God, Batman should be in there because the parents <laughs> were dead when they took over. Um, That's a good analogy. <laughs> and it was, and I think they were hoping for a Batman moment, right? Right. Where, where they could revitalize this thing out of the ashes and it would be a Phoenix coming up. I know I just yep. went from DC to Marvel, but that, go with it. That, that go it with you it. know, that, that they could have this Phoenix moment because Yahoo was kind of doing it under Marissa anywhere that she could touch that the board wouldn't step on her hands. You know, for Yahoo was seeing that kind of Phoenix moment. And then there was the hacking stuff and that kind of hurt Yahoo's image. And I, and then they, then they did the Yahoo mobile thing and we said it yep. when they announced the Yahoo mobile thing, Mm-hmm. that was a guarantee that they had lost faith in the brand and they were doing anything to try and make a dollar off of it. But also so too- I, I don't know. It was a dumb idea. Avram said at the time that all of the, all of the line providers were going to try and get into content and they did. Yep. And what has happened Oh, AT&T spun DirecTV back off. Verizon's looking to sell off the nostalgia unit. It didn't work for anybody Mm -hmm. Uh, because it was a dumb idea. Just because you can lay copper and fiber to bring a show into somebody's house doesn't Mm -hmm. mean you can make the show that runs on that copper or fiber. They're very different things. Mm -hmm. But also, too, um, at one time, Yahoo and AOL were like the dominant space they were dominant in the, in the space, in the space. Yeah. And that was and two decades ago. Exactly. So they're trying to, like I said, they're trying to recreate something. And, and I remember seeing that I remember seeing the press releases and they were all in on, on, on content. That was like their mm-hmm. big play. They want yeah. to be, be the, they were saying the entertainment provider yeah. bring content to the living room. And little by little, again, I have happened with go 90 that didn't last long. They were getting all these partners. I think they got Disney Plus, I think, for a year, I believe. And Hulu. And Hulu, right. Um, and that only lasts, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure it lasted a year. They only got that for a year, I believe. Yeah, they did. Um, and now and, they and have, that's, that's mostly because those kind of contracts uh, run for a year at a time. It could mm-hmm. be renewed at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Spotify Hulu thing, I think, ran out. But the Sprint Hulu deal... Uh, is still in action. So, you know, it you know. little by little, I think what's going to happen is that it's going to, they're going to start losing these big, these big providers like Hulu. They're going to lose. I think they're going to probably, sh- what they're going to do, what they're probably going to do is they're going to shift to alternate. They're going to shift to whatever, what's going to come down. They're, they're seeing the, they're seeing the writing on, they're seeing the writing on the wall, I think. And I don't think they're going to get this. If they're going to buy, buy AOL and Yahoo, I get it's I can something tells me they're not going to get it for five billion. It's going to probably get for a whole hell of a lot less because when they bought when they so bought if, AOL. So if anybody has five billion that you would like <laughs> to invest in our making this purchase, because um, I can guarantee that uh, that we've got more media experience than Verizon, which yep. is not saying a whole lot, right? <laughs> right. And we're in, and we're independent, so <laughs> yeah. Honestly, the mis- the the biggest mistake they made, and uh, and Avram and I talked about this off air, um, not on air, but mm-hmm. I said that the thing they needed to do was they needed to come up with a new name, mm-hmm. and Oath wasn't it. <laughs> um, but 
even if it was Oath, let's say that Oath was a great idea. It wasn't, but let's say it was. Mm -hmm. Um, They needed to eliminate the AOL and Yahoo names. They needed to embrace Huffington Post and Gadget and TechCrunch, and they were directly under Oath, not Mm -hmm. under AOL that was under Oath. They needed to eliminate these dead names and, um, you know, um, uh, Abrams Company has had a couple of names as it has gotten bigger over the year. Mm-hmm. Um, today, it's called Future I, Future Publishing or something like that. That's right. a great name. Oh, yeah. And all of the previous companies, all of the previous divisions that were purchased in are gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> None of those names exist anymore. Everybody is part of Future. Hooray. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> And that's what that's what Verizon needed to do and didn't. They yep. maintained the stupid AOL name, mm-hmm. which hurt everybody who was underneath it. They maintained the stupid Yahoo name, which hurt everybody underneath it. And it's the reason why the only divisions that meant anything to mm-hmm. Yahoo, uh, Tumblr, and um, no, t- is Tumblr still theirs? No, I think they Just, spun that off. Flickr for sure. Yeah, um, are gone. Mm-hmm. And they were the only parts of Yahoo that had value, <laughs> right? Until I believe Tumblr went to went to uh, to a porn site. <laughs> well, t- or porn uh, content or Tumblr photos. had Tumblr had always had a <laughs> high quantity of adult content, mm-hmm. but uh, um, Apple finally felt that they could do something about it under Verizon, and mm-hmm. they put their they stepped on their neck and made them. <laughs> change their policies mm-hmm. yep yeah and i think i also can think of when you know when you're thinking of branding keeping the same thing and just you know it's not going to fly unless you redo it their their, their logo i mean the yahoo they shrunken shrunken down their font you know they're you know they the updated yahoo font is horrible isn't it though i mean not that the previous one was good but if you're going to do a rebrand Mm-hmm. Get rid of the thing that sucks the most. Get rid of the exclamation point. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. We got rid of the exclamation point out of the Plugins Live brand a decade ago. Yeah, and yeah. we were late to the party. Yeah. That, that should have been gone a long time ago. Yeah, so something tells me again, I think that if this is going to be, if they're going to sell this or sell it, I guarantee because because when they bought AOL for I don't understand they bought AOL for dirt cheap from what I understand they oh yeah dirt dirt cheap so yeah. if they're gonna get that was that was like uh Justin Timberlake buying MySpace <laughs> with the right. cash he found in his couch cushions right <laughs> yeah so something tells me uh, you know again if they buy some if I buy whoever whomever buys this it's not gonna be it's gonna be a whole if it's if it's Apollo, which is the, the current belief, if it's Apollo, this is going to get parted for scraps. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that will be the end of Yahoo and AOL. Mm-hmm. They'll mm-hmm. sell they'll sell the brands off individually or servers. Uh, there's a um, on the newsroom, which was an HBO show. There was a great comment. Oh, I um, love that show. Uh, one of the one of the characters that came in, in the last season, they were trying to sell off the company, and the girl says, "From what I understand, you can make more money selling the cameras than producing television with them. So we'll probably do that." 
Uh, so, and, and that's that's the case with AOL and Yahoo. No. There's more money to be made selling the cameras than making TV shows. And they tried to, and I remember, I remember the, uh, there was like when they were trying to change their, their branding and they're trying to go into, and it was a fascinating show. I love that. That's the, I love that show. They're trying to change their branding. That didn't work. They changed their branding again. That didn't work. And yeah, so, so they're, if they're trying to, if they're trying to do things, change things up, it's a little, it's a little too late to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? Honestly, AOL changed their logo and they got rid of the triangle and replaced it with a period. That is the opposite. You should have gotten rid of the punctuation on Yahoo instead of adding it to AOL. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) And just my, yeah, that's, yeah, they gotta, they gotta do something really quick before all hell breaks loose. Yeah. It's going to be gone. Mm -hmm. Yep. You got it. All right, on news this week, Americans are, that have been affected by the coronavirus coronavirus pandemic who need assistance paying their broadband bills will soon get some help. The $50 a month broadband subsidy promised as part of the COVID-19 relief package Congress passed in December will be made available to low-income individuals starting in two weeks. The, F- the Federal Communication Commission, or FCC, said on Thursday that households be able to begin applying for an emergency broadband benefit on May 12th. The 3.2, excuse me, the $3.2 billion emergency relief program offers a subsidy of up to $50 a month to low-income households and up to $75 a month to households of Native American land to pay for broadband service. The FCC will also provide a one-time discount to poor households of up to $100 to purchase a computer or tablet. Congress stipulated that money will be available to households that are at the poverty line or 135% above it. Those who qualify for free and reduced school lunches or people who experience substantial loss of income since February 9th, 2020. Uh, Acting FCC Chairwoman Jessica Rosenworcel said in a statement, <clears throat> excuse me, quote, families in every corner of the country have been struggling to get online throughout the pandemic. For those families, we now say help is around the corner. In less than two weeks, we will have a new way for disconnected Americans to access the Internet to carry out their day to day life so they can reach the virtual classroom, take advantage of telehealth and seek new employment opportunities. So I congratulations, FCC, for getting this through just before it doesn't matter anymore. Right. Yeah. I mean, not, not literally, but you know, mm-hmm. th- this would have been super important a year ago. Um, when, when, you know, learning was truly virtual. I mean, you've got, you've got, uh, uh, New York saying that by July, they're going to be fully open. Mm-hmm. The, the whole, the whole state's going to be open. So, I mean, we're literally at the end of this thing, and now right. it's hitting. It's such terrible timing and exactly right. what I would expect from the federal government, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Be like, all right, well, now that everybody's going back to work and offices are opening and the country's back to normal, <clears throat> here's $50 a month. Yay. <sighs> no longer do you have to sit in a Taco Bell parking lot to do your classwork because, oh, yeah, you're going to be back in the classroom. Right. So close, and yet so far. Well, I know a lot of companies have offered programs, and a lot of the, and and a lot of and in, in New Jersey, where I, in New Jersey where I live, um, the governor had different programs set up for <clears throat> different companies to offer customers help with assistance on their bills, and yeah. um, which is good on them. 
you know, I, I applaud Spectrum I applaud created Spectrum here created a special plan. Um, it was similar to our old um, retiree plan, which was like ten or fifteen dollars a month for a for a basic connection, mm. um, which I thought was a great thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, but I, but I always believe you know, and it didn't take fifty six months, fifty six weeks to get there, right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I always believe you know, government does good things, but this is well, it's they good. Try to. They try to, but you know, the way well, we're not going to get into politics. I'll be <clears throat> wrong podcast. So if you didn't want to know about politics, let's you know go to the politics podcast. Um. Next up, T-Mobile is speaking of the AirPod, uh, AirTags. Damn, sorry, I'm getting this. My, my hey, Apple, <laughs> Apple. Here's here's what just happened. You're using the word "air" too frequently, mm-hmm. and it's confusing the market. And this <laughs> is this is an entirely serious comment. You're mm-hmm. using the word "air" too frequently in your products. We understand it's a wireless product. Got it. Right. You don't have to put an E in front of mail. We got it. <laughs> it. We we get that it's a wireless product. You don't have to use the word "air." Please choose something else. Thank you. And I and I second that emotion. Um, well, T-Mobile's getting on it um, on Wednesday. They introduced the Sync Up Tracker. Um, so that's a word. You could, that's a name for. Um, for them, it's a new addition to T-Mobile's line of SyncUp products. The tag uses T-Mobile's nationwide LTE network and pairs with a SyncUp tracker app for iOS and Android. In addition, the in addition the uh, SyncUp tracker gives near gives near real time tracking and virtual boundary alerts. The tag doesn't need doesn't necessarily be in a specific range or in your smartphone to work, according to the press release that came out. The SyncUp tracker also sports a light sensor and rings to help you find it more easily. The tag is water and dust resistant with a rechargeable 900 milliamp battery that lasts about a week, depending on your use. Matt Staneff, um, chief marketing officer of T-Mobile, said in a statement, in a release, excuse me, quote, SyncUp tracker brings peace of mind to a customer's most prized possessions and valuables, which is why we're putting the power of our network behind it. SyncUp trackers go on sale uh, in T-Mobile stores on May 7th for $60 or $2.50 for 24 months. You can uh, you can sync up tracker service for $5 a month. So let's see everybody get on the <laughs> on the towel tracker <laughs> bandwagon. So the thing <laughs> the thing that I like about this that separates it from the passive trackers because um, mm. this is an active tracker and. I spent several years in this market um, directly. So um, (sighs) the active trackers have obvious benefits, right? Um, The fact that you don't have to hope that somebody with the app walks by one (laughs) to to ping that it's there, Mm -hmm. right? It's got cellular built in it's got gps built in so no matter where it is you can ping it live and get it to report that is fantastic um but of course what that's going to mean is that there's data attached so you're going to be paying per month for it um so you know with every benefit comes a a downfall so the downfall is that you're going to be paying for a data plan for this tracker but the benefit is if it's something you actually care about um it's it's live 
It's active tracking. You can go onto your app and say, where is it? And it will ping its exact location right that moment. Mm -hmm. So that's huge. Um, So, you know, you use your tile tracker for something inexpensive, right? Um, But you use something like this for your laptop bag or your camera case or something like that. That's, that's really what it comes down to. You put, you put the other thing on your keys because you know, you're not going to get too far from your keys, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but, but you put this in your laptop bag, your camera case, something that's got real value. That's, that's the thing here. They're very different use cases. Okay. But well, it's a great, a great idea. It's nice to see because there were a lot of these. We sold something like this at Radio Shack 15, 18 years ago. Hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> Showing yeah, your it was before 2004 because I know what store I was at. So, I mean, these things have been around for a very long time, but this hmm. is small. This is way right. smaller than the guys that we used to sell. <laughs> Um, it looks just barely bigger than a tile. Mm-hmm. So that's that's awesome. It's it's good to see that there's there's investment going into this technology again. And to get an uh, a a week out of an active tracker mm-hmm. on a battery, oh the client I worked with couldn't get a day, couldn't get twenty four full hours out of it. So good on them. Cool. All right. Well, this um, this is better than the better. This is better than <laughs> than the AirTags, I guess, from Apple. Yeah, and they're 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 different. They're different use cases. They're for different people, or at least right. for different purposes. Um, I wouldn't put one of these on my keys. That would be crazy. Right. But I also I wouldn't would. put a tile. I've been a big supporter of tile. I've got them. Yeah. I wouldn't put a tile on my laptop bag if I had this available to me. Oh, I've used I used them as well, and. And I, I, I can't remember. Well, I, have to, um, I'm, I haven't used them in a while, so I don't know. I'm debating one. I'm not going with Apple, but I'm definitely maybe a big thing about getting, getting this one and seeing. And, and uh, I don't think I lo- losing. Well, no, scratch. I do have lost things in the past. So, <laughs> so, okay. <clears throat> Meanwhile, um, other news. AT, this is ridiculous. AT, AT, ADT has filed a lawsuit against Ring for using blue octagon signs to promote the Ring Alarm Outdoor Siren. The U.S. home security company said over 6.5 million customers in the country are using its blue octagon lawn signs and window stickers to show that their houses are protected by its offerings. The company's arguing the trademark, its trademark sign is, quote, iconic in the security market. Um, adding that Ring copied it, it copied it, quote, seeking to tell a reputation for trust in potential customers that has not earned. Um, in the complaint, it is filed against accusing the Amazon-owned company of willful trademark infringement and unfair competition. AT&T wrote that by using a similar-looking sign, quote, people will believe that Ring is providing a security on par with ADT, or worse, the, that Ring is providing its security service in partnership with ADT. The security company also noted the first time Ring used blue octagon signage in its lawsuit. Now, there's some other stuff here, but also AT&T is now asking a federal court in Florida to stop Ring from using blue octagon signs and for unspecified amount of cash and compensation. I'm going to show you guys, if you're watching on the live video right now, the um, this um, th- this article from from Yahoo, sorry. <laughs> so if you're watching the live video, 
on the left hand side, um, this is ring. I'm gonna see if I can blow up a little bit. Uh, 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 there we go. Okay, so on the left hand side, this is ring. On the right hand side, now ring is light, light, light blue, very light blue. On the right hand side, there's ADT, dark blue. I mean, come on. Is this really this is does this suit have merit? Yeah. Really? Absolutely. If um if T Mobile was able to sue um uh what was the what was that not cricket the other one um that merged um it was a prepaid it was a separate prepaid company if they were able to sue them successfully for using magenta in their um in their logo mm-hmm. uh, and in their stores mm-hmm. just magenta which T-Mobile doesn't have a trademark on magenta they were able to sue and successfully win a lawsuit uh because it was a cell phone store that was using magenta as its as its accent Mm -hmm. um then yes adt has has a firm case here um especially when you take into consideration that um they had already agreed not to um not to get close to uh infringement on adt's uh trademarks Mm-hmm. And um and and signage specifically on signage, and then a couple of months later they did. Yeah, that ADT okay. has this on lock. Okay, because I'm not I'm not gonna lie, a a blue octagon in in that industry is mm-hmm. a sign of of a particular level of security. And from a distance, all you're gonna see is a blue octagon. That's that's that is ADT. Just like today, if you saw the cell phone companies, right? Mm-hmm. They are so associated with their colors that they used to use people in pol- in polo shirts just wearing a color and right. everybody knew what was happening. Right, you're right. <laughs> they didn't you're have right. to show a single logo. And I think right. this is the same thing here. I think ADT and the Blue Octagon are so synonymous that that Ring did this on purpose. Okay, because I, I guess maybe I'm a little because and I remember seeing a commercial when Sprint was yellow, Verizon's red. Um, who else was on the? Oh, AT and T was blue, blue and right. T O is fuchsia. Right, 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 right. That's it, right. And I remember, and people had the, the association with these companies. So yeah, I would. I just, but I'm like looking at. I'm like because when I looked at the this pictures, I to on the naked eye, I guess maybe well. You know, I guess you know. I know what difference between AT and T and Ring is, but I guess for some people would lean towards Saint. Yeah, that would. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, I just, I just think it was kind of. I don't know. I don't know if it, that's why I was asking. Just throw it out there. You yeah. Know, so, sometimes down from the. Sometimes you have to have to kind of go out on a limb and make a strange, uh, what seems like a strange. Uh, case mm-hmm. but in reality because uh because you're so synonymous with a thing mm-hmm. uh, you have to protect that thing ao wireless by the way aio uh was the the company that merged with cricket that was using magenta it wasn't even the same magenta it was a very different magenta it was a very mm-hmm. different pink they were using mm-hmm. it as their their accent color and they got sued by t-mobile and t-mobile won because everybody knows that magenta means T-Mobile. And in, in this case, 
anybody who's who's looking at um, who's looking at uh, home security knows that a blue octagon is is ADT. Fair enough. Okay, then you, you talk me down. So <laughs> talk, you talk me down. It seems stupid on the surface. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I was when I was doing the rundown, I'm looking at it, I'm like, this is the most oddest lawsuit that I but then talk if talk down a little bit. You know, if 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 uh if what was the not AOL but CompuServe. If CompuServe had suddenly added a blue triangle to its logo, a different blue. It mm-hmm. could have been dark blue. <clears throat> Honestly, it could have been red if they had added a triangle to their logo. <laughs> AOL would have had every right to be pissed and probably every legal right to go after it because that blue triangle was so synonymous with, with Mm -hmm. AOL. Now granted CompuServe ended up being part of AOL later, but that's a whole different thing. (laughs) Well, not to mention, not to mention the triangle, but also the yellow man. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I'm surprised that I'm surprised. I'm surprised that Google didn't, (laughs) didn't with the, with the map view and didn't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, by that point, AOL had given up on aim. So. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. All right. Um, Well, speaking of Vegas, we talked about at the top um, and there was a lot of hotels along the Vegas strip uh, all over. Um, There are Amazon devices that are equipped with Alexa. Uh, this doesn't come in form of features like tablets where guests can control, can use a tablet to control various appliances like the lights, play music, and set an alarm, control the curtains, and more. Google is hoping to make hotels even smarter. In an announcement by Guest Supply and Volara, they have announced that they'll be teaming up with Google in the U.S. for Google for Hotels. Um, there might be participating hotels in, to feature hardware like the Google Nest Hub which in turn will allow guests to control various aspects of the room using their service or using their voice, excuse me. According to the announcement, um, quote, with the simple voice command, hey, Google, if I'm triggering your devices, <laughs> don't worry. Guests can set up a wake-up alarm, and I think mine just went off. <laughs> guests, can, wait, <laughs> guests can set up a wake-up alarm, speak with the front desk, get a recommendation or request a item be brought by, be brought to their room, Guests can also use the feature to ask for information about the weather, areas of attraction, where to eat more, and it's still going off. Hmm. Okay. So obviously there's going to be some problems here. Mm. You'd have to have the ability to make it go away. Like if it's just a like a regular Google Home sitting somewhere, that's fine. But like if this gets built into the lamps or something... Because we, I don't know why, but hotels are obsessed with building things into the lamps. Mm-hmm. Um, so if this were to get built into the lamp and you wouldn't be able to kill it, you're going to have people who won't stay at that hotel. Like mm-hmm. Abram. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's so funny that the editor-in-chief of Tom's Hardware dislikes virtual digital assistants so much. <laughs> that he won't have one around him if he can avoid it. Um, But he's certainly not going to have it in the hotel because if he's in a hotel, he's probably there for work and he sure can't talk about the things he's talking about. Then, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to start having privacy issues. Now we can't Mm -hmm. have, can we have a business meeting in the hotel room? No. 
Oh, right. all of a sudden what's happening at the Venetian during CES gets interesting mm-hmm. because there's all kinds of companies showing stuff off. Intel shows Avram stuff every year. He's not allowed to talk about sometimes for months, mm-hmm. you know, and they do that in hotel rooms. Can we do that? I don't know. Is there a spy in the room with us? Maybe. <laughs> uh, so, so there's I, there's definitely potential issues here. Yeah. Um, but for normal consumers, this is going to be super exciting. Right. Um, and for some I don't, for others. <laughs> I don't especially want a Google-powered one. Um, but that's okay. Yeah. I, like, I wouldn't. There would be conditions like during CES, it would be a problem because obviously we're talking about stuff that may not be public yet. Mm-hmm. We're getting right. we're getting emails that are that are uh, embargoed and stuff, and we'll talk about yep. it in our room. And right. you can't do that if there's a spy, especially a spy from the industry sitting in the room with you. <laughs> right? Mm-mm, can't do yeah. it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't. There's all kinds of issues here, but I, yeah, I... super cool idea. Definitely needs to be able to be muted on demand. Right. And I, with me, I, when I go to a hotel, even when I was, when I went to Vegas, when I was to Plaza, um, I, I couldn't. And I think with my family and I, you know, you know, I rather much have it with on my phone, you know, that I know that I can trigger it, call it when I need, when I need it, you know, and to have it that in that room, that's, and also there's some device also with, I know some hotels, um, I think I saw um, recently where they have the with the with the camp. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I need you to finish that sentence. <laughs> what do camp. I need to be watching for now? <laughs> the camera. <laughs> no, I with the camera on. I can't No, because there's some that some devices with um, with that enabled. No. Well, let's let's one up this, right? Let's talk about the um, the the Nest product, the Google Nest uh, thermostat that had a microphone in it that was not disclosed even to the FCC. Yep. Oops. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, there's definitely concerns. It would be far from the first time that a piece of hardware with with smart capabilities lied about those capabilities. Right. So there's concerns there's privacy mm-hmm. concerns here. and that's where and exactly. being able to go to the fcc and get you know specs on it apparently mm-hmm. isn't enough especially when dealing with google mm-hmm. because they've lied to the fcc <laughs> before yep yep so yeah yeah so this is going to be something interesting but yeah for me hard pass yeah i'll i'll use the one on my phone it's no big deal um, right now if if google and uh, and hotels want to work on a special version version of a hub and where you can like sign into a transient hub mm-hmm. with your Google voice account yeah. or your Google what assistant account, then fine. That makes sense. So I mm-hmm. can get there. I can open up Google assistant, say I'm, this is my room. This is my passcode. It connects to the, to the hub. And now I can verbalize through my phone to the hub to turn lights on and off and set yep. alarms and things. Okay. I'm on board for that, but that, yep. but I can't have something in the room listening to me that I'm not in charge of. Exactly. And again, that goes back to also with the camera and mm-mm, mm-mm. yeah, I need to know more about what we're talking about. 
because now I'm super worried. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Next up, Sony has sold seven point seven point eight million PlayStation Five PlayStation Five consoles as of March thirty first. Um, this is a, the company is saying in its latest earnings report. The number of PlayStation Plus subscribers now forty seven point six million, a fourteen point percent increase. 14.7 increase percent increase, excuse me, year over year, year on year. The fourth quarter figures brings the overall PlayStation business to a total operating profit of 34.342.342. billion yen or um, 3.3. Oh, geez. 3.14 billion US dollars. US dollars. Thank you. <laughs> wow. For, I, this is a long money fiscal. <laughs> yep. It's, okay. a, it's a record. Um, Sony's last—it's the fastest-selling console of all time, mm -hmm. and yep. and obviously it's on—it's hard to do a comparison uh, in this generation because we've been dealing with a chip shortage literally the entire generation, mm -hmm. um, and that has caused hardware shortages and hardware shortages slow down sales. And anyway, it's—it's <laughs> uh, it's really hard to to compare the two consoles because we're dealing with nonsense but yes right. ps5 fastest selling console of all time good on them um and and but of course it was going to be that right because every generation gets has better sales because it does more more people are getting into the market more people exist in the world and the general uh wealth level of the planet is going up which means more people can afford the hardware so of course it's going to be better if if one of these two consoles wasn't the fastest selling console of all time, something had gone wrong. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right, but they're also not taking a loss on each uh, console sale like they did last generation at launch. So that has helped them bring their operating profit up, um, because the PlayStation Four and the PlayStation Three, when they launched cost more than they sold them for mm -hmm. and that is not the case this time so that's going to help <laughs> yep well we're going to see what well, i guess we're going to see what's going to happen um we're going to see what's going to happen uh next quarter and and it may the tide from what it's it made the ship the chip shortage the tide may shift the other way they're they're saying it's two to three years Okay. Well, so the the companies that manufacture the chips are saying mm -hmm. they probably won't be able to catch up for at mm -hmm. least two years. Well, that's why that's I'm not like, great. No, right. That's what I'm saying. It may. It, that's what I'm saying. It may. It again. It, it may. It may shift the. It may make um, things worse over time. Exactly. Right. But exactly. we've also got new companies um, that are looking to get into the space that want to help alleviate the problem because obviously the demand for chips isn't going to get less over time so there's space for more manufacturers and so there are some some manufacturers who are thinking about getting into the space that might speed that that two to three years time frame up which would be good for all of us yes because gm is putting all of their chips into <clears throat> large commercial trucks and have basically stopped making everything else which is not great yeah <laughs> Yeah, Todd reported that was reported on that. I think on last night's show or Monday's, I believe he did. There was a, it was news about that. All right, next in, um, Spotify is now boasting 158 million premium subscribers and 356 million monthly active users. 
It's according to its latest earnings report. That's a 21%. Almost 50-50. That's, uh, that's actually <clears throat> pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. That's a 21% and 20, 24% year-over-year increase, respectively. It's up from 155 million premium subscribers and 345 million active users last quarter. Spotify, Spotify said that the ad support revenue outperformed its forecast thanks in part to its podcasting efforts. Mm-hmm. In particular, the company said the Joe Rogan experience, which is now exclusively licenses, um, quote, uh, performed above expectations. Spotify said it's seen a quote, strong increase in the amount of hours of podcast listing on a platform, though the actual proportion of users listening to podcasts were, was, quote, consistent with the previous quarter. So if you're listening on Spotify, thank you for tuning in subscribing. Now, if we could get them to stop screwing around with experimental features like trying to compete with uh, Apple on, on uh, you know, paid exclusive content and instead focus on getting video podcasts and be the second major platform to support video podcasts on both on both iOS and Android, mm-hmm. they'd make me a very happy camper. Mm-hmm. So, hey, Spotify, get on that instead of screwing around with experimental nonsense. And also products like like their car thing. And they it's actually called, they actually named the product <sighs> called Car Thing, which that's the most, <laughs> you're thinking of different names for a product. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to throw something against the wall and see if it sticks, <laughs> car thing, I don't think it's going to do very well. Elon Musk is digging holes in the ground with a company called The Boring Company. So you know what? I Fair enough. <laughs> and I get it. I get the joke that what they're doing is not inter- not particularly interesting and they're boring into the ground. I get the joke. I don't care. It's a terrible name. <laughs> Uh, all right. Other news: um, AT&T's Warner Media plans to charge nine dollars and ninety-nine cents per month for its advertising-supported HBO Max service. I really thought that they had seen what Universal had done so successfully mm-hmm. and figured out the business model, but nope, nope, nope. <laughs> Yep. Um, so this is set to launch in June. This is according to people familiar with the matter. The ad-free version of HBO Max, which debu- debuted nearly a year ago, costs fourteen dollars nine cents a month. That's the same price HBO charged pay TV subscribers who add the premium channel to their bundle. AT and T chief executive, which by the way <laughs> comes with HBO Max. Mm-hmm. So add it yep. to your. Don't just get HBO Max. Add it right. to your cable if you have cable because it's the same price and you get more for the money. Just I throwing have, that I, out there, guys. I, uh, I have I have uh, Verizon Fios and I have uh, HBO and it can't include it for free. So, yep. There's, there's no way. There's no way I'm going to spend another fifteen dollars. Um, AT and T chief executive and we t- we tease about this guy. My John favorite Sankey. name in the industry. <laughs> Ditto. John Sankey um, told CNBC last week that HBO and HBO Max's average revenue per user of $11.72 in the U.S. has been, quote, really impressive. He also noted that the ad support... Is he 16? (laughs) Sorry. Have better commentary than calling it really impressive. (laughs) He also noted the the ad support HBO Max will expand the product's potential audience to more cost cons- more cost conscious co- consumers. He also says 
um, quote, whether a, cu a customer chooses to buy the ad-supported product or buy the straight subscription product, it's a, cre a creative a creative in the same ways to our business. Um, he, also, he also says, giving consumers the choice of which version of HBOX we prefer is a, quote, is a strength and, quote, by no means an admission of something didn't work out the right way. It's always been a plan. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure it has, champ. Sure it has. <laughs> Just like DirecTV. Always been the plan. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He's going to be really annoyed with all those DirecTV dishes out there in the wild with their globe on them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. All right. They... they Honestly, and and I I said when Hulu and Hulu Plus just became Hulu and the plus, the the standard Hulu went away, mm -hmm. uh, which was many years ago now, I said that they had missed a, a big opportunity that it was a mistake, um, and and Universal has proven me right. Uh, there there is a subset of customers who will absolutely and, and it's not just it's not just universal that's proven me right it's youtube that's proven me right mm -hmm. for 15 years um yeah. some people will only watch if the service is free the internet has become a free place a lot of things are ad supported and that's fine mm -hmm. peacock figured it out some of the older stuff is available uh just whatever yeah Put your email address in and let's move on with our day. And then, mm -hmm. and then some stuff is available, ad supported at nine ninety nine, um, but only behind the paywall. Um, for example, the first I think two seasons of The Office are available for free, but all the rest of them are behind the paywall, which is fine. Uh, and in fairness, theirs is four ninety nine and nine ninety nine, not nine ninety nine and fourteen ninety nine. But they're not doing a whole lot of high budget stuff mm. like what hbo is doing so it the prices make sense but there should definitely be a free version that only has like the older stuff or whatever that's totally ad supported just like what peacock is doing i think it's the right model i i don't know i might be crazy no but, but no, I, I think it's the right model i think it's the thing that that uh that makes peacock work and the reason why they saw such huge numbers up front um versus cbs slash paramount plus um hbo max there's so many problems with paramount plus i they had the opportunity during this rebrand to fix the ui and they said you know what we suck and we get it that's <laughs> that's our brand garbage ui right but, but you know Everybody has struggled. Look at Quibi. Everybody. Has. Oh, oh yeah. T-Mobile was giving Quibi away for free, and people mm -hmm. still weren't interested. But that's a different issue. Um, but also too, I but also too with with if they if if HBO Max had just you know like Peacock, you know people would be inclined to purchase the uh, yeah. the paywall uh, behind the paywall versus yeah, because. Let's say, like with HBO, if we take HBO's lineup and and do a Peacock with it, right? So mm -hmm. the first three seasons of Game of Thrones are available ad-supported for free. Mm -hmm. But the rest of them are not. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so you get through the first three time to subscribe. <clears throat> that would yeah. drive subscriptions. It has worked for Peacock. Yep. It used to work for Hulu. Only yep. the only the last five were available um, on the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you wanted more than the last five episodes of a show, you had to be a paid subscriber. It worked that's for what, Hulu for years, and they abandoned yep. it. Yep, that's what I did when I when I first did the did the ad free version. That's what I did. I was like, I was so intrigued with the episodes, I can't remember what it was, but to be honest, but this was so long ago. But I was like, I you know what, like sign me up. I'm like, I'm in. You got my money. <laughs> I I was a subscriber to Hulu before it launched. They gave us a, a preview account. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been with Hulu since you could make clips and share them on Facebook, mm-hmm. which, yes, that was a feature, guys. Um, that was its big selling feature originally. Uh, but but um, yeah, I, I've been around forever and I went from the free to the paid, to the ad-free, the day they gave me the option for ad-free, I signed up for it. Um, so there definitely is a place for that progression. And yep. I think by not having that, they're setting themselves up to lose more of the cost-conscious consumers than they are uh, setting themselves up to get them. Yep. Yeah, I don't... It's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see what's going to happen because... Um, but you know, best advice would be if you have a cable system, Verizon FiOS, Spectrum, whoever, just you know, it's only ten dollars, I think maybe ten dollars. Go with, get add that add that for a little while. Oh yeah. Because you know, I recommend that totally. Yeah, because you can get all kind like if you call your cable company, you've never been a subscriber, call your cable company. Mm-hmm. They've got deals yep, on HBO right. all the time. Mm-hmm. And it'll come with HBO Max. Yep. Yep. And- Ad free. I definitely <laughs> I recommend that because, and also to do the, you know, and then have it for like a few months. You can always cancel and burn through the things, <laughs> right? Wa- yep. Watch your things, move mm-hmm. on. It's how I deal with CBS All Access slash Paramount Plus. I wait for the season of the thing I want to watch to finish. I sign up for my uh, free trial. I burn through the thing and then I move mm-hmm. on. Yep. Yep. I didn't say that Paramount Plus. You didn't hear me say that because <laughs> this isn't the show uh, that they've got a sponsorship deal on. Right. <laughs> I yeah. absolutely do not use privacy to create a new card every time and Outlook to create a new email address every time <laughs> so I can get a free trial every time. I have never done that once. So it's a helpful PSA from Scott. And finally, now, um, I watched on Netflix, which I highly recommend, um, is a documentary called The Last Blockbuster. Um, now, mm-hmm. it was a great... Do you see it? Yeah. You did? Excellent movie. Um, now, we all know, back in... We're probably showing our age um, when you go to the back in the day when you go into the go into the into the blockbuster or any place i still have my blockbuster card (laughs) i still have a a captain video card i don't know what that means no it's a video store it's a video store i assumed (laughs) if it wasn't it was weirdly named (laughs) (laughs) um so <laughs> I'll say about that also about that a little bit later after we got off here. Um, now, 
Now we always run a movie and we always worry about the, the late fees. And if God forbid, if you lose the video, you're going to pay for it up front. With that in mind, this is something that's both mind blowing and shocking. So here's what happened. Um, A Texas woman by the name of Karen McBride, who had a warrant out for her arrest in Oklahoma for felony embezzlement. This is because a movie that she that she thought she rented a copy of. This is this is a true story. This is no joke. Supreme a copy of Sabrina the Teenage Witch in 1999, and never bothered to bring it back. Now the store called. You think Captain Video is weird? This movie the store is called store that was called the Movie Place, closed in 2008. She told Fox News affiliate KO, uh, KOKH and Gizmodo also picked it up that uh, picked up the story that she had no idea this tape ever even existed and never would have picked it up. Never would have picked it. Excuse me. She said, said, quote, just not my cup of tea, but thinks maybe a man she used to live with at the time could have rented it for his for his two kids. They shared a they shared a rental card. <clears throat> OK. All right. Well. She I, only... I, I am very I did not know this was in the rundown, but I am very aware of this story. I have been okay. following it for days because it is I fascinating. Have, I, I have too. She only found out about the out-of-state warrant when she tried to change the name on her driver's license after getting married in Texas. She told KOKH, quote, she told me it was over the VHS tape and I had to make sh- and I had to make her repeat it because I thought this is insane. This girl's kidding me, right? She wasn't kidding. She also told the affiliate um, she'd been she'd been let go from several jobs over the past few years, and suspects this was a reason. When they ran my uh, when they ran my criminal background check, all they all they were seeing was these two words: felony embezzlement. Yeah, they didn't see uh, non returned VHS tape. <laughs> right now, the which obviously happened. was on the background check because. The, the girl at the DMV was able to see it. So so it was definitely there. But you see felony embezzlement. You see that word embezzlement. You're like, mm-hmm. you're not working here, champ. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't uh, care the reason. Because right. I'm going to I'm going to see uh, VHS rental and think that can't be right. I'm going to go with embezzlement. Get out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, and um, so the warrant's been now been dropped and her record will be expunged. Um, can you imagine <laughs> the company has been out of business for 13 years? Right, 2008. Who issued the warrant? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's another question. Now, the um, the New York Times uh, reached out. This is why I'm going back to the this is the last block, the last blockbuster in the world, mind you, is in Bend, Oregon. Um, she they reached out to uh, to the um, store manager um, named Sandy Arding. About, about a comment about what happened. And she said, um, the manager says, quote, we definitely not sent a warrant for anyone like that, for anybody for that. That's a little bit crazy to me. Now, the story um, reached out to the cast of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and the star, <laughs> Melissa Joan, Art, Joan Hart, shared it on Instagram. And if you're watching the live video, guys, I'm going to show you the... Um, the get back over. <laughs> I'm going to show the um, the post that she did, and she shared it. The article. This is from another um, 
this is from another uh, news site, ABC7, probably in LA, I think. And and these are all the comments. She's no dummy when it comes to her viewing preferences. <laughs> right. Don't look in my gar. Don't look in my garage. I kid. I kid. Seriously, that's all sign a script for her to help her out. Oh, I, that, I was gonna say that's that's Caroline. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. That's her. That's her aunt from the show. Right. <laughs> that's funny. That would be awesome. I hope they do that. I yeah. hope they if they somebody has a script available, I hope they sign it and send it to her. Mm. Because I mean, the fact that she's likely lost jobs over the years mm-hmm. over this nonsense. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So this is yeah, and this is uh I would this was the odd story, I think, you know, in our in the uh in final segment block, you know, this was the odd story. So oh it's odd. Yeah. I, it, it's bonkers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yep. I, so weird. Mm-hmm. And yep. the best part of the whole thing is she said, not a chance. Not a chance <laughs> I ever rented that. <laughs> yep. And and again, the last blockbuster, the last blockbuster is on Netflix. Again, highly recommend it. It was a great doc- documentary. It had um Various uh, actors from the from B movies on, and um, showed the story on how it all came, how Blockbuster came about, and how it fell. So, and how they managed to screw up the relationship with Radio Shack. Oh no, wait, they didn't really get into that. <laughs> yep, yep. And that is the tech news for this week. So I can get my tongue untied for Friday, April 30th, 2021. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode. Show notes from this episode can be found at gncweekly.com. Also be sure to check out the latest tech news and commentary from geeknewscentral.com and be sure to tune in Mondays and Thursday evenings at geeknewscentral.com forward slash live for the geek central podcast and then be sure to watch and tune in friday evenings at 8 p.m eastern time at gncweekly.com for slash live so please be sure to like and subscribe to the gncwir channel on youtube also make sure to click the bell and always it's like always for notifications so you will not miss the next next episode also, be sure to share this episode to people that you know to check out this podcast as well. So please keep those subscribers coming. We definitely do appreciate it. Um, a lot of great stuff coming and episode 100's uh, further down the road. So we'll definitely, we're looking forward to that. Um, also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to tune in to F5 Refreshing Technology with Scott and Abram Pelch Sunday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern Time at f5live.tv slash join us. Or be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. Comments on this week's episode. Um, we'd love to hear from them. Um, head on over to gncweekly.com slash connect and connect either via email, Twitter, or Facebook. Let us know what if you've rented any movies and also any weird video store names. Because I would you think Captain Video was weird? I'd like to hear yours. Um, I definitely I, think it was weird. 
<laughs> I'm on Twitter. I'm at Kirk Corliss. Scott is on Twitter at Triple T M A B O. Till the next episode of GNC Week in Review. So long. Ciao.